For FingerLakes1.com, I'm Josh Durso, and this is Inside the FLX. Welcome to episode 192, and today we've got another two-parter as we sit down with the Democrats running for Seneca Falls Supervisor. The town of Seneca Falls has three total representatives on the Seneca County Board of Supervisors. That's the county's governing structure. The town supervisor serves on the county board and is the CEO of the Seneca Falls Town Board. Both of our guests in part one and part two are challenging Republican incumbents Paul Cronowetter and Ralph Lott, who serve in those two at-large seats. They're equal parts unique and important as they represent town interests at the county level without having to deal with the day-to-day operation of a town with a $12 million budget. First, you're going to hear from Susan Savageau. She's been involved in local politics for decades and has even represented residents in Seneca Falls before. That will be part one. Then, in part two, you'll hear from Rachel Weil. She's a newcomer to local politics, but has plenty of experience. She has actually run before, and she's plenty knowledgeable about the issues voters are concerned about. She is a self-described activist that takes no shame in doing what she believes is right in her heart for the town she calls home. Both parts of this episode are live now, so take a listen to the other after you finish this part. Without further ado, my conversation with Susan Savageau. Susan Thanks so much for coming in. Thank uh, you. A lot to talk about. Um, why are you running uh, for, for supervisor this time around? Why am I running? Well, I served on the county board many years ago. I hate to tell you how many. But, and I have worked for the county for quite some time, and I certainly follow political trends and, and local issues, both town and county. And I just feel that they're asleep at the wheel at the county level, that the county board is charged with monitoring monitoring all these important things that county government does, including what managers do and don't do, um, what we do that can influence the towns. And I just think they really are asleep at the wheel. They're not doing it. They're, uh, they're agreeing with whatever comes down the pike. They're not generating ideas, and they're not working together. Not being active, that seems to be part of yeah. part of the trend that we see when, when we hear uh, criticism of the board um, as it's operated recently anyway. Uh, what are the biggest issues that you feel like as far as pol- policy things that, that could potentially change to maybe um, um, shift that direction a little bit? Well, it's less the policies than it is actually, you know, getting your hands dirty and trying to do the work. I think the structure... It, you know, maybe it could be better, but it's the structure that small counties have. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, the board consists of all these supervisors from the 10 towns, plus Waterloo and Seneca Falls, which have the most population, have these extra county supervisor at large people. Mm-hmm. That I'm running for one of those positions. The public doesn't necessarily make all those distinctions. They tend to relate more to their town governments, I think. But um, the structure did work, I thought, 20-some years ago when I was on there. Um, There were people of both parties serving. After the first day where you make the appointments, they tended to work together issue by issue, and Mm -hmm. it was pretty interesting. 
Mm-hmm. It was a, a time when there were some serious problems, like Willard and the Army Depot were closing, and yeah. there were a lot of things we were contending with, but people worked together. Um, at that point, in fact, I was chairman of the Solid Waste Committee when the recycling um, program was just kind of getting off the blocks and going into effect. They haven't changed it since mm-hmm. then. They ha- it. It's not hopeless, but it could use some improvement. It's yeah. been sitting there for several decades now without any fine-tuning. When, when you look at local government at all levels, whether it's county or whether it's town or, or villages, we sort of see that theme, right, where, where things are just sort of left as is as opposed to being an active sort of process. Um, is that something that you kind of see as an opportunity for the county to sort of do more of that active management. I, I do, as long as we could get a few people thinking that way, because it is a legislative board, right. and it needs to ask questions. It needs to think about what our county as a whole could use moving forward. And I think we should be, I mean, there's a whole list of things I think they should be doing. I don't know if you want that right now. But well, we're, we're going to get into it. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, with that sort of being the backdrop. Um, What was the decision process like for you? Obviously, you had been involved before in politics. What what, was there a sort of catalyst moment that got you across the finish line Um, this time to say, I need to run again? Yeah, well, there's a technical problem, partly because I have worked for the county as a weights and measures director. Mm -hmm. And um, you can't really work for the county and run the county at the mm-hmm. same time. So I had, you know, sort of crossed off running for county government for a number of years, but I'm at the point where I'm considering retirement, whether or not the election works out. And I'm cheering for the election to work out, of course. Yeah. So I was at, at a point in my career where I could say, oh, well, this is something I'd like to do when I run for office. If I get elected, I'll retire right away if I, yeah. I have other options there, but but that was um, a critical thing. And and there were things that just seemed to be really going wrong. Like, how do you buy a $3 million building and somehow ignore the notion of an inspection that would point out something obvious if the roof is almost 20 years old because the building is almost 20 years old? Maybe you need to replace it, and it's a—it's not like a house roof. It's a big roof. <laughs> it's an expensive roof. Somebody should have been thinking about that when they were buying the building and negotiating accordingly. Not the owner, right, but right. the board. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. so when you look at sort of those, I, I want to call them managerial functions, um, you've got this, this interesting perspective, I think, because... Um, like you said, you you work you have worked for the county. Yeah. Um, it's almost like you have an inside look at how things are running on the day to day. Yeah. Do do from your perspective, is are there improvements to be made that would would make it better for the folks who work for Seneca County? Absolutely. Um, there's just all kinds of minutia that I, I think could be straightened out by supervisors realizing what the people who work for the county actually do on a day-to-day basis and what departments do. Um, in the last, I mean, when I first got the Weights and Measures job, 
there were some ele newly elected supervisors who came around and said, what do you do? And I could tell them and, or show them. That hasn't happened for years. Now, some of the people obviously already are familiar with it and know right. who've been there for a while. Others probably don't even know the department exists unless they have the kind of business that deals with weights and measures. Uh, I look at the, the issue of the finance department, which is a new thing that came in under a manager now who's now left us. They jumped on that without really taking enough input from the individual departments as to how this thing would work. Um, my department's really easy. Finance department has not made it easier. I mean, I'm a little department of one. I was doing all my own finance thing, mm -hmm. and now they're doing it, but I have to check it all to make sure it's done. So that's pretty easy for me, but a d social services, planning, um, highway, these are complicated departments. They used to each have their own financial person. And truthfully, it worked much better, if you ask them. Mm -hmm. Before we made this move and they jumped into it, there's a lot of people working in finance, but um, it's not working better. Over the last few years, there's been a lot of focus on uh, how much county employees are being paid and that potentially being a big cause for some of the turnover that the county has seen uh, over the last three to four years. Um, but as you mentioned, sort of uh, complicating uh, already uh, stressed and, and overworked departments, you meant social services, mental health, those types of departments, um, could adding more complexity to how those, um, those departments report something as, as their financials go, um, be contributing to the the issue that we've seen historically with turnover? Um, I think most of the turnover has to do with the wage scale. Mm -hmm. But in something like social services where you're, you're really, there's a really almost a mob of people working for social services, there's, you know, there's department stress and there's structural stress. And anytime you have to do more with your record keeping, than the state already requires, state and federal, you know, with most of the programs for social services, they're working for, with all these levels. Um, it's stressful and people might, if they get an opportunity to do something that they feel like they're actually making more human progress in, they're gonna do it. Mm -hmm. But we do have a low, one of the lower pay scales of even within government in the state. And it's particularly the rank and file that are doing the work. Um, we've got some administrators that are making some money, and, and what happens is we tend to, when we're adding staff, add some more of those, but the rank and file are still trudging along and needing a second job, and everybody in the family's working, the kid's got a paper route, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Is, when you're looking at small, when you're talking about small rural communities, is that, one of the bigger challenges is trying to not just pay these the, the worker bees, so to speak, as it's been said, but yeah. um, find the money to pay them. Um, Seneca County taxes have been pretty stable for the last 15 years or so. It's a matter of where they decide to spend the money. We haven't had a tax, a major tax hike, and I don't think 
the county portion of our taxes is particularly high. People suffer more from their real estate taxes and um, school taxes and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, so I think the money is there, and mo there's more outside money coming in now from both sales tax and um, the Del Lago Enterprise. And uh, it's, it's about how you allocate that money. How, or I want to be careful about how I phrase this because I, I think it's important to sort of talk about the full scope. Um, you mentioned some of your work that really hasn't been touched um, on, on the county level for 20 plus years or, or thereabouts. Um, when we're talking about environmental issues, um, and I've asked other candidates the same question, does, the, when you have issues like HABs and potentially uh, cancer-causing agents in, in uh, different elements down around uh, the former Army Depot, um, does the landfill debate get a little too much attention by comparison? Not taking away the importance of, of the environmental mm -hmm. impacts of landfilling, but should the county board be paying more attention to and focusing more energy on issues like HABs? Um, I think so. In Seneca Falls, of course, the, there's no way for the landfill to not be a central topic if you're running right. for the town supervisor or the town board, and it's right here. Mm -hmm. But all over the county, and the Army Depot, back when they analyzed it after it closed, had, what, four or five Superfund sites in a 300 and some other toxic Mm -hmm. cleanup issues. That's a lot. And then you have runoff from farms and factories. You have things that they've been digging up recently, like there's a reclamation site of that old coal tar place, I guess it was, mm -hmm. in Seneca Falls. There was something dug up and removed in Waterloo mm -hmm. um, not that long ago that was, these are things left over from the turn of the century that are on water, mm -hmm. you know. So we have, I think we have a lot of chemical issues. I would like to see the county do a few things that are um, more progressive environmentally. I think they could, there could be some countywide monitoring, there could be some, I hate to use the word zoning because some of the neighborhoods hate it, but some countywide regulatory things that say the, our county does not want mm -hmm. more chemical pollution. It does not want certain things used in, there, in the county. Um, we need to seek help and clean up. Um, I think we need to get more progressive about greening up the county, more alternative energy why can't the county start using um, electric and, and transitional vehicles? Uh, they have a lot of short trip vehicles that they use. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's just a whole lot of progress in, that seems to be the way the world is going and, and we can either you know, drive the bus or be left behind. <laughs> we can get on that bus and help our county even though we're a very small piece of the action, New York State seems to be paying attention and would probably be a partner in some of this. So one of the 
one of the debates that's been happening over the last, uh, say, two years has been uh, what do municipal services, and I mean you know, on the infrastructure side, water, sewer, um, even broadband and some, some of the more small pocket uh, conversations, what do those things look like moving forward? Particularly water and sewer, it's something that the county board has struggled with mightily over the last five years. Um, what do you see as sort of, and perhaps not specific policy because only one person can do so much, but yeah. what do you think the approach should be from your own perspective um, when the county is considering an issue like this? Um, well, of course, I'm going to be speaking as a Seneca Falls person, and it's probably not that different for a Waterloo person. Seneca Falls and Waterloo have, for the last hundred and some years, invested in sewer and water infrastructure, and it's pretty detailed, it's expensive, it's kept up, and some of it is sold to communities around the edges of us. Um, the county really didn't have sewer and water. There was a, there was a South County sewer and water district that was called a county sewer district, but it was really not managed by the county until more recently. And I think that's part of the problem. I'm not very good on what the solutions are. It seems the hole keeps getting dug deeper and deeper, and I'm not sure I have enough information to know what they could do to solve that. And when you look at, um, particularly we'll use the 318-414 corridor uh, as an example, there was a lot of um, hope, I guess, would be the right way to phrase it, around if we bring sewer in, economic development will happen. Um, sort of a mixed bag on whether that actually plays out or not. Um, but that seems to be a bit of a discouraging factor for some folks when they talk about, well, can we expand uh, water or sewer service and should the county get behind that effort in the southern end of the county? Um, what is your sort of philosophy on economic development and how active the county should be and the, the supervisors in particular should be um, with regard to ensuring that the whole county is really being represented fairly? Well, I... My view of development might be a minority view, but I'm very concerned that we don't engage in sprawl and neglect our villages. Because you see that all over the country where it goes further and further out and then all of a sudden they've got a, a dead core and they've got traffic jams and no planning in terms of where things are sited. And we are, we haven't developed very rapidly in the last 150 years, yeah. which is a great advantage in a sense because we have some wonderful things to offer. Uh, obviously, um, our beautiful lakes, our water, our historic villages, comfortable, livable little communities that have decent schools and people feel safe, um, the agricultural variety of successful businesses from the wineries to the big corn farmers to to the Amish dairies and cheese operations. All of that is really quite successful and it also is a tourist draw. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to consider that we need to preserve what we've got more like they do in France and Italy to be a place that people want to visit. 
we also, of course, have to have some thing that keeps our young people here in vital jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, they um, need to have a permanent way of establishing themselves in the community in order to stay here. And, and a lot of people are concerned about the exodus of the young talent for more urban areas. Like, well, I'm going to use you as an example. It's yeah. not a long ways, but obviously there was probably more in Rochester to attract you initially. Yeah, and so, yeah, we can talk a little more about that, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those, it's one of the questions that seems to come up every election cycle is how do, how do we keep more young people? How do we keep more young people here? Um, there seems to be a lot of emphasis on we need to create this environment, and I don't mean natural environment, we need to create this space where young people want to grow and thrive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. But is it, I mean, it seems that a lot of folks who, of all ages, who leave these rural communities, they're leaving for very calculated reasons. They're saying, well, use infrastructure as an example. It's not good enough here. Broadband's not good enough in the southern end of the county. Uh, water and sewer is too, not reliable enough. I don't want to start my business here. I want to start my business yeah. where... It, how does the county find balance there? And, and at the same time, start to draw some of those folks back because that seems to be one of the big challenges that's been a miss for the county so yeah. far. Well, I guess I wouldn't focus on the water. I think the water and sewer problems are a little bit distinct from the development and complicated because it's a user-based service. Mm -hmm. It Technically it is in every community and it isn't going to go out to every farm and crossroads where there's 15 houses. It just is not affordable. So there's going to have to be, perhaps water lines go further. We do have, if we don't ruin the lakes and the water table, we have a, a community that you can drill a well and have safe drinking water. Mm -hmm. um, that you can have adequate septic systems and all of that in the rural areas without being connected to some massive system and in the long run find that to be more um, cost effective for that individual farm or you know country home or lake home that sort of thing when I say the words government accountability um, that has been an issue that that other folks have brought to the table and said this is something that Seneca County needs to be better at. The Board of Supervisors needs to be better at. They need to be more accountable. Um, is it that they need to be more accountable or more that they need to be clearer about what they're doing and better at explaining what they're doing along the way? Well, I think the latter in a way. I mean, I've criticized a few things I thought they did wrong, but it's not that it's it's not all happening in some dark room somewhere. It's not being verbalized well to the public, who has a lot of things to do and they're hearing from a lot of different sources. You can only cover so many things on your news mm -hmm. and um, t it tends to be the more controversial things or the latest breaking item. It's not that, well, they're thinking about <laughs> this and that mm -hmm. long-term project. I think just in, in terms of the, the meetings, 
Um, Seneca Falls has a following of people who actually, I, I've never really done it, but who watch the meetings yeah. on TV. Yeah. The county does not bother with that service or does not want it. It's not that expensive. They could put their meetings on. Um, if they did that, perhaps people would explain the bill that there is before them, the, that they're, um, they would explain what they're voting on instead of reading part of it because they all have it laying in front of them on their desk and the public is sitting there. Even the public that works for the county, if I don't print out the thing ahead of time or read through it, I don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so the general public is just gonna be, huh, what are they doing? And, and they won't know that something has gone through even, and it's not deliberately covert, it's just not good communication. When you're talking to folks on Seneca Falls as you approach election day, uh, what is your, I don't want to call it an elevator pitch, but what is your pitch to the folks who, like you say, um, a lot of a lot of voters, a lot of residents, they aren't they aren't watching the minutia. They aren't really looking at those yeah. in-depth details. How do you convey the message in a way that lands with those those folks who are working two jobs? They have families. They're involved with their kids' programs, things like that. Um, but also want to, you know, they also want to they want to be part of the conversation. They want to be part of the solution. Well, it's it's a. It's a hard battle, but I think we can do better, and that's sort of my slogan, with the help of the public asking questions, with them demanding some improvements in whatever area that they're particularly interested in. I think we can do better. We can cooperatively try. Mm -hmm. We can try to plan for the future. The future could be pretty bright for an area like this. I mean, places... The weather is changing, places are drying up. We've got some of the best water in the world. Mm -hmm. And we have all these things that haven't been wrecked. Let's keep them intact and, and add to the both the infrastructure and the possibilities for life here and, and welcome people to come visit us. But I think that the thing is we can do better and that the board should not be just reactive to whatever comes before them. And we have to be looking at the things we have some control over. There's really no sense in the board taking a lot of stances on national and statewide issues when that isn't what they can change. Mm -hmm. They should be working on the things we can change here. Mm -hmm. And let the other guys at the next level do those battles. I mean, as an individual voter, you have a choice on all of those. but but I think we should be concentrating on what we can do to make our community better and to treat all the people in it as fairly as possible, whether they're an employee, they're an older citizen, they're the new kid on the block trying to get his first job. And for anyone who might want to learn more about your campaign, they can find you where? <sighs> they can find me walking the streets, <laughs> knocking on their door, putting a little thing that sort of summarizes um, that um, I haven't really established a, an electronic site. I probably will be putting out some ads. Mm -hmm. 
I'm still attending meetings and going to work. And See her at one of those meetings. She's yeah. at the meetings. <laughs> yes. I am going to the meetings. <laughs> yeah. Susan, appreciate the time. Thanks Thank for coming you. in. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, thanks for listening to part one of this two-part episode. Remember, if you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show and leave us a review. It helps new listeners find the program and lets us know that you enjoy what we're doing. You can also download the FingerLegsOne.com app for the latest headlines, podcasts like this one, and breaking news notifications. And if you'd like to see a full list of archived episodes, visit InsideTheFLX.com.